The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Israel and Hamas have agreed to extend the pause in fighting for another 10 days, and there are even more developments. Ed Baxter has the story from San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, two more days, Brian, two more days. Israel says 11 more hostages returned today and says it has approved 50 female prisoners for possible release to Hamas. Now, that means until Thursday this week, more follows, more negotiations over the release of more hostages and prisoners. Bloomberg's Kaylee Lyons points out any pause is only only temporary. Even as we're talking about a ceasefire, a temporary one extending for whatever period of time, again reportedly now uh, an extra two days being tacked on to what was a four-day ceasefire, Netanyahu has said repeatedly that at the end of this, the war will continue, the fighting will continue, he is going to keep going until Hamas is eliminated. So right now the ceasefire is still very much temporary, even if it is just a little bit longer. Yeah, with a pause extension, there are concerns. White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby admits it does provide Hamas with an opportunity to regroup. You have to expect a group like Hamas, a terrorist group, uh, which clearly doesn't abide by laws of war, will try to take advantage of any pause in the fighting for their own benefit. So we're watching that closely as well as our Israeli counterparts. You can you can bet that they're watching that closely. But that said, he says the U.S. would like to see continued hostage release. We would, of course, hope to see the pause extended further, uh, and that will depend upon Hamas continuing to release hostages. Yeah, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he will go back to Israel this week, his third visit since the war began, and will tie it to a visit to Dubai for COP28. So how does this affect the Israeli aid calculus in the U.S.? Well, that is Congress's expected to resume debate this week. Bloomberg's Jordan Fabian says, hmm, up in the air. That's a shift. Before, in the mm. beginning, when this was first proposed, said, you know, we're going to help Israel, no strings attached. But since then, uh, you know, this offensive has taken place in Gaza. A lot of Palestinians have died. Whole cities have been leveled. And so uh, the, the mood has turned among Democrats. They want to see some concessions here. Uh, but then the calculus gets tough because Republicans don't want to see concessions. And Elon Musk has been in Israel touring and talking with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow. Musk said that he'd like to help rebuild Gaza at the conclusion of the Israel-Hamas war. Um, and, you know, he basically said that he was disturbed uh, by some of the images that he'd seen. You're looking at pictures there of, of Elon Musk with, with Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, Musk also visiting uh, Israel in the shadow of his anti-Semitic post on X and the loss of a number of high-profile advertisers. President Joe Biden, meanwhile, taking credit for easing supply chain pressures and lowering inflation today, says, but more needs to be done. Let me be clear. To any corporation that's not brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, even as supply chains have been rebuilt, it's time to stop the price gouging and give the American consumer a break. Now, Biden also says he set up a council to review supply chain actions, calling it an early warning system. Global news, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter and this is Bloomberg. Brian. 
And thanks very much to Brian Curtis and Vonnie Quinn, of course, at Baxter on News. Now it's time for the top business and economic stories. Saudi Arabia is asking others in OPEC Plus to reduce their oil production quotas. We get the story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. Saudi Arabia has been making a largely unilateral supply cutback of 1 million barrels a day since July and is now seeking further support from other OPEC Plus members, but some countries are resisting. The 23-nation alliance faces pressure to intervene in crude markets following a 17% drop in prices over the past two months amid plentiful stockpiles and a darkening economic backdrop. The oil market could weaken even more in 2024 with forecasts of a new supply surplus. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Radio. Online shoppers are clicking their way to big savings for Cyber Monday. And this comes as buy now, pay later features are letting shoppers stretch their budgets with credit. Bloomberg's Spencer Soper says expectations are high. Earlier, they were predicting about $12 billion in sales. And that's from Adobe, which monitors uh, insights from like hundreds of millions of transactions. They've upped that to $12.4 billion now based on the strength of the consumer. Uh, on Black Friday and through the weekend, they're seeing the, the consumer being more resilient. That's Bloomberg's Spencer Sober there. The holiday weekend already saw record online spending. Black Friday sales topped analyst projections at $9.8 billion. That's up 7.5% from a year ago. The National Retail Federation estimates 182 million people will have shopped in-store and online from Thanksgiving Day through the end of Cyber Monday. Meantime, Amazon's proposed acquisition of iRobot has hit a potential snag in Europe. More from Bloomberg's Samuel Stolten. The European Commission has issued what is known as a statement of objections. And this effectively means that the Commission outlines a series of anti-competitive concerns with the merger. It doesn't necessarily prejudge the outcome of the investigation, but it calls upon the firms to address some of those anti-competitive concerns or risk the deal being derailed. That's Bloomberg Samuel Stolten, and the shares were hammered. I'll get to the numbers for you in a moment. Last week, Reuters had reported that Amazon and iRobot appeared on the cusp of winning unconditional approval from the European Commission. At that time, the stock jumped. But today, iRobot shares down 17%, the biggest intraday drop in nearly three years. Reddit is leading a class of 2024 candidates testing the waters for an initial public offering in the United States. We're told the social media company is again holding talks with potential investors for an IPO. And that IPO could come as soon as the first quarter. Last year, we reported that Reddit was working with Morgan Stanley and Goldman Sachs on the listing. Separately, we hear Rubrik, a Microsoft-backed cloud and data security startup, is also considering holding its IPO as soon as in the first quarter. And we're told Kim Kardashian's skim underwear label is discussing strategy options, including an IPO that could come as soon as next year. And the Wall Street Journal reported just uh, an hour or so ago that the fast fashion Chinese company Shein has confidentially filed for a U.S. IPO. Well, China's central bank says it will press the country's banks to lower real lending rates. Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann has the story in Hong Kong. The central bank's position is clear. Deflation has effectively pushed up borrowing costs in price-adjusted terms. And that has stoked concerns that real debt burdens will rise, undermining growth. As a result, it wants banks to do more to smooth out volatility in their lending activity. That said, in its third-quarter monetary policy report, the PBOC played down concerns about deflation. It said, don't read too much into single-month credit data. 
A recent Bloomberg survey showed economists expect China to wait until early next year to lower policy rates after two cuts this year. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio iPhone maker Han Hai is expanding its footprint in India with another $1.6 billion investment. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. Han Hai says the huge budget at expense will be used for construction projects and what it calls operational needs. But the company did not identify any locations. Hong Hai is among many firms looking to diversify its business outside of China due to geopolitical concerns. In September, the company said on LinkedIn it planned to double the size of its business in India. Foxconn already operates nine production campuses there, and sales in the country run to about $10 billion annually. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong. Bloomberg Radio. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts. And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Joining us now on the program is Larry Liebert, Bloomberg editor on the International Economics and Security team at Bloomberg, to discuss the latest with Israel and Hamas. Larry, great to have you with us. The pause is a good thing. Let's hope it continues. Uh, Can we make the jump in saying, I mean, we don't know what both sides are thinking, but can we sort of guess that both sides are a bit tired of fighting, but there's just no easy way out? That's exactly true. And they're not they're tired enough, at least for the moment, uh, that they're extending their agreement uh, to swap uh, hostages for uh, prisoners. And today, uh, as planned, uh, there was another exchange. Eleven freed hostages arrived in Israel. And in the uh, rather elaborate one to three ratio of these deals, 33 Palestinians were released uh, from uh, imprisonment. Uh, by Israel. Uh, uh, But the lasting uh, impact of this, uh, it goes to the question you suggest, is everybody's found it in their interest to extend this for two more days. So rather than ending tomorrow, it'll go through Thursday. Hmm. Is there hope after that? Uh, President Biden and others certainly say so. And they also emphasize the improvement, not enough, uh, UN experts would tell you, but an improvement in the delivery of humanitarian supplies uh, to Gaza. How are the calculations made, though, Larry? Because if Israel is declaring that it will not stop until every last Hamas member and supporter is gone, then presumably these prisoners don't have very long, right, according to Israel's logic? Well, yes, but Israel's political logic is also that that uh, all or almost all of these uh, uh, hostages are Israelis, and there's a very strong political uh, movement in Israel that they must be brought back. And so that provides an incentive. But yes, uh, Israel said it can't just end this and leave Hamas in place to attack again. Uh, and Hamas uh, says it's not giving up. So uh, this clearly isn't a permanent solution to anything, but the extension of it suggests everybody's interest for the moment uh, in extending it. Um, and, and I'd also add that 
everybody's got a spin on this. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel, his offer, uh, his office issued a statement that Israel wel- welcomed back our our eleven uh, abducted citizens. Uh, well, Qatar, which has served a crucial uh, intermediary role, didn't describe them as Israelis taking advantage of their dual citizenship. It described these as three French citizens, two Germans, and six Argentinians who were released today. So everybody has an angle. Everybody has so far an incentive to continue uh, playing this very important game. Uh, But there's clearly an end in sight at some point. Larry, there's a massive imbalance in those killed. Uh, Hamas says some 15,000 Gazans and Israelis say that 1,200 Israelis were killed in the initial attacks by Hamas. I'm wondering, um, I just want to get your thoughts on this. I, I talked about this with Michael Heath, one of our colleagues yesterday. Does that suggest uh, in any way more or less likelihood that Israel would agree to a longer pause? And if you could also add to that, what does it say about the international position here in the pressure coming from other countries? Well, I think there is a lot of pressure. Uh, Israel would tell you that, first of all, at the beginning of this, Hamas, in a, in a surprise attack, killed the most Israelis uh, who were butchered, murdered since the Holocaust. That's an existential question for them. Their response, though, has not uh, met with the approval of the world community because they have uh, killed many times that uh, of uh, civilians uh, in uh, Gaza. And uh, they say, with, with I think clearly some truth, that uh, it, it is in part because Hamas burrows under uh, and has this extraordinary uh, series of tunnels under the civilian population. Uh, but still, the idea that they're using such large bombs, U.S. supplied uh, in uh, many cases, uh, and that it's causing so many civilian casualties uh, has, has not gained favor in the world community. Larry, how much does Hamas know about all of the hostages? So there seems to be suggestion that some are lost or, may, you know. Yeah, well, otherwise. they may know that some have died. They also, uh, there also have been some indications that there are other terrorist offshoots that may have grabbed some of them, and they may not have uh, complete uh, uh, leeway uh, to deal for them. And so we may not get to the end of this, even if everyone wanted to keep extending it with with all of the hostages freed and and with all of them alive. Uh, That's one of the mysteries and one of the sad parts of this whole. uh, Yeah, uh, you you mentioned you mentioned U.S. munitions and we talked about the imbalance uh, in the number of dead. Uh, Are you hearing anything about uh, from Congress or the administration about conditionality being placed on on Israel in terms of future conduct of this war? Well, there certainly have been some questions raised by uh, some Democrats, liberal Democrats especially. And even I think the president made some passing remark. It may not have been quite what uh, uh, some people read into it, uh, suggesting that the U.S. is concerned uh, about providing weapons and how they're used and uh, and will or should uh, place some uh, constraints on it. Uh, The problem, again, is uh, on the other side is uh, Israel would say we can't get to those underground tunnels and we can't get to those leaders uh, with lightweight weapons. And uh, that's the great dilemma at this point. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day. 
on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+.